0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is a very very special episode. The most special possibly episode of an evolved review ever. I am your host James Caleb Kitchens. I am joined each and every single week by none other than the man who has seen more wrestling content than anyone in the known universe and known multiverse, Caleb Stovall. Welcome back, my friend.
1: What's going on, man? Like, uh, just like the last one we recorded, I'm excited about this one because this was an experience.
0: This was an experience, and, and you know, normally we kind of, the beginning, you know, we have a little bit of what we've been up to, what we've been into, what we've been talking about, what's going on in the wrestling world, you know, uh, what podcast we've been listening to, what TV show we've been listening to, what well, we would have been watching today. This is all about the experience. This is A and E Biography Legends. The Booker T episode. We were at the premiere. If you haven't heard that by now, check it out. We did a little uh, live stream on Facebook from the event. This, of course, is going to be pretty much everywhere uh, that you can find a podcast audio. Uh, We're also going to be in video form right here on Facebook, on YouTube. Check it out uh, everywhere. This was such a cool thing. That we got to be invited to. This was a premiere from A&E and WWE uh, of this episode. We got to see this. This is actually the first episode that we saw. We saw this before we ever saw the Steve Austin one. Which is the first one that aired on television. Um, We got to go to a really cool drive-in theater. And uh, before we went. So this was at the... um, I can't remember the exact name of it. It was something Tap House. I really should know. Uh, something it, tap house in Sandy Springs. Probably the only tap house and drive-in in Sandy Springs. Drive-in theaters aren't really that common anymore.
1: Yeah, and and it wasn't even really a drive-in theater. It was a regular uh, movie theater. It just happened to have this drive-in event going on.
0: Yeah, the Springs Cinema and Tap House is the name of the place. And are. I guess they they have an amazing uh, parking uh, lot, so they do a drive-in experience there. They also have showings. You can uh, They've got stuff showing right now in the actual theater inside, which is really cool. Um, I loved this experience. They had people there giving out all the swag. Uh, before we went, we went, uh, you know, I'll give a shout-out to them. We went to eat at the coolest fucking nerdiest place you can imagine at the Battle and Brew, which is a video game, nerd-themed, like, sports bar slash restaurant, whatever. Uh, My cats are destroying everything in the background. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, I I have the background blurred out, so you you can't really tell exactly what's going on. You just see different color blurs moving around at lightning-fast speeds in the background, so... Uh, we're recording this in the middle of the night. My cats have the zoomies. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> anyway, Battle of Brew was incredible. They have a bunch of really yeah. cool themed drinks and whatnot. And and uh, we left there. The food was amazing. We left there. We walked right over next door uh, to the tap house. Uh, got our spot in line. We got some amazing swag. The popcorn uh, holders or our buckets, whatever the hell, whatever the hell you hold popcorn in. Uh, we're totally w w e themed out the cups yeah. were w w e themed out and kind of the coolest thing i've got it here it's making its debut on the podcast look at that <laughs> we have we have none other this is a a and e themed uh case uh we open this up inside um and we have i still got like the paper and everything here I'm taking a good care of this this is uh this is a little miniature championship belt and this is the same quality that you would get ordering any of the um, replica belts off of WWE this is an actual yeah. leather strap you probably can't see it on the camera here but it's got a little genuine that's what this is right here, a little genuine WWE um, stitched right into the leather uh, it is a official authentic replica championship title from WWE.com it actually has a seal of authenticity with a serial number here. Once again, you, my camera is uh is uh, set to focus on me, so it's probably going to blur out anything I try to put it on there, but this is a cool thing. Uh we are calling this the official and evolved review championship. Yes. Um so whenever you see me recording this, just know that this this title belt is usually somewhere in the room. Yes. Um so this that was a neat thing. Uh, it was a cool experience, man. They, you know, they had the little app, and you could just order stuff out to your car. Yeah. Um, they had the sound system outside, so you could stand outside if you wanted. It was kind of cold. Um, I I got kind of uh, stir crazy at one point, uh, so I I kind of stood out even though it was cold. I kind of just chilled and outside and watched it on the screen and you know took notes and stuff, which was a fantastic experience to be there with so many people. Uh, you know, seeing. Seeing it, the sound quality was like amazing for it, like an outdoor thing. I thought,
1: yeah, man, uh, that was the first thing I noticed, and I, I think that was one of the first things I think I I mentioned uh, to you about, which is you know when WWE puts on these events, and you know it, it it's basically both an A and D and a WWE uh, production, and whenever WWE is involved in something like this.
0: Man, they go all out, don't they? They really do. I mean, they spared no expense, as they say in Jurassic Park. Um, Which is smart because it,
1: it it makes people want to come back for more.
0: Yeah, I would definitely do this again. If they premiered another episode there, I would do it again in a heartbeat. I would go see something else there. I probably will go see something else there. Yeah. Um. So let, let's get into it, man, uh, into the documentary. Uh, Booker T was born Robert Booker T.O. Huffman Jr. That's yeah. a mouthful. Um, in 1965 in Louisiana, um, he's the youngest of his mother's eight children, and his father passed away when he was just 10. Um, his mother passes when he's 13, and you've got eight children, um, you know, basically trying to survive. Uh you know, Booker T and his uh, next oldest sister lived in that house uh, th- where they lived, had lived with his mom alone for a short time. Uh, no water, no electricity. Uh, what an incredible opening to a documentary to just really frame how hard somebody had it as a child.
1: Yeah. Um, it was a rough life. Um, you know, he, clearly grew up in sort of that gang, uh, activity going around. Um, he grew up and basically, dare I say it, you know, I don't know if it's a political correct term or whatnot, but he, you know, grew up in the ghetto,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, I think he may have described it that way in the video or someone may have, um, I have a lot of notes on this one. Uh, this is the vaunted, Uh, evolved review uh, note-taking device, a.k.a. $2 notepad from Walmart, um, (laughs) that I notoriously have thrown across the room several times, probably won't do it tonight, uh, because there's nothing I'm that upset about. But uh, one of the things I immediately noted here, we immediately had a lot of speakers, a lot of very famous people come on here. Nash, Hogan, Derek, Kofi Kingston, uh, Shane McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin. What did you think about the introduction to this documentary? I thought I thought it was perfect.
1: I, I did too, and it, it basically made it known that like, hey, this guy has done a lot more for the business than you realize. Yeah, like that. That's basically what I get when I saw that kind of thing, and um, I loved hearing from stevie ray you know because i think i think because it's wrestling people automatically assume that oh well those guys just came together as a tag team basically like like they found each other on the indies or they met each other in wrestling school no they're legit brothers
0: yeah absolutely they're they're actually legit brothers and you know that that to me is has always been such a cool thing because so much in wrestling isn't real, you know. Undertaker Kane, they're not related at all, uh, right. you know. Even though they're tag teamers, the brothers of destruction, these guys, man, as Harlem Heat, were doing some incredible things. I mean, I we'll get into the Harlem Heat era, but you know, Stevie Ray got him into the wrestling business. They went to Ivan Putski's wrestling school. Yeah, um, you know, it cost four thousand dollars. He was working at a storage unit. His boss put up. The money for him to go to the wrestling school, which is incredible. Just think about how different sports entertainment would be today if that if he hadn't done that. Um, yeah, you know. But but before we get into his actual wrestling career, we talked a little bit about his early childhood. Man, it wasn't just his early childhood. They talk about you know he got into crime, rough childhood. You know, there were people doing drugs. There were people, you know, uh, out you know doing who knows what all sorts of criminal activities in in his neighborhood. Um, and they robbed the Wendy's that they worked at. And then they went on a crime spree and they, and when I say they, I mean him and one of you know, some of his coworkers, uh, not Stevie Ray, uh, um, you know, they robbed 26 on 26 different occasions, robbed a Wendy's. And so they went on kind of a crime spree, robbing different Wendy's restaurants all over the city Um, you know, and, and he talked about how he just came home one day and everything was quiet and he realized like how awkward it was. And then, you know, cops came out of, from everywhere. Yeah. You know, they had tracked him down, uh, and he spent five years in prison because of this.
1: Yeah. And he's lucky that he only got that.
0: Yeah. Um, he is lucky. He only got that. Uh, You know, and then he gets out of jail. His first thing is like, hey, I got to get my kid back. Um, You know, he's trying to get out of this lifestyle. He doesn't want to go back to prison. He talked about the security guard, told him when he got out, hey, I'll see you when you get back. And he was determined to never go back. Um, You know, and so he ends up actually robbing a drug dealer so that he can get his son back and he can get out of uh, of that lifestyle. I mean, what an incredible story already. We haven't even gotten to the stuff that's made up to the actual wrestling character yet. This is all stuff that actually happened to the guy before he was 20.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was insane. Like when I heard about it, I was like, God, I did not realize all of that. Cause I'm pretty sure there is not a Booker T documentary uh, from WWE that, you know, was like a DVD or something like that. Like, I don't think that they've done one.
0: Of him. If they have, I haven't seen it. Yeah, you know, this is the first that I saw of a lot of this stuff. I mean, I knew some of it, um, obviously from his Hall of Fame induction. He talked about some of these things. Um, you know, they did a, a couple of little pieces on him around then, but it wasn't it wasn't like a full length documentary like this. It was, you know, hey, here's a little video, a little snippet of an interview, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I loved this whole build up. I mean. At at the time we're recording this, guys, we've just recorded the Roddy Piper episode, so we've seen three episodes out of the eight. This is still my favorite thus far. I don't know if I'm biased because of the experience, but I just love the way this was put together. I love how informative it was, and of course, I love Booker T and his contribution to the industry.
1: Yeah, it was so good that I can't wait to watch it again.
0: Yeah, agreed. When it comes out, I'm going to watch it again. Even though... I I've been watching these on the A and E app, uh, which I guess we should have been talking about how to watch these because it's actually kind of hard. Um, I, I've been watching them on the A and E app, and if I have to watch, I I I so in the two hours on A and E, you get about seventy commercials, <laughs> but they only have like six commercials that they show. So I've seen this damn psoriasis medicine app, I mean ad, like seventy fucking times. Okay, and I will suffer through it another seventy for this episode when it comes out.
1: Yeah, I I, I will sit through it um, because it's that good, and um, it it'll help us relive a little
0: bit of the experience that that we had. Absolutely. So so he gets a job. He gets out of jail. He gets his kid back out of foster care. He goes to work as a security guard. They find out. Hey, you know. This guy was in prison, armed robbery. He can't, you know, he can't keep the job as a security guard. He gets a job working in the storage unit. His He, he connects back up with Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray says, hey, you want to go check out Ivan Putzky's wrestling school? It's four grand. His boss puts up the money, okay? They go to the uh, the wrestling school there for Ivan putsky And they talked about, um, you know, Everything that they had done there, they ended up going to work for the WWA, which is the Western Wrestling Alliance. Um, You know, in WWA, he's doing this character, G.I. Bro.
1: Yeah, the original G.I. Bro.
0: Which I thought that, I mean, I, I really didn't know about that. I, I, I had, I think, heard of it, but I really never knew a whole lot about it. That was such a cool thing. And I think it was a cool preface to see you know what he was going to eventually be like when he did get a singles run, you know, so many years later.
1: Yeah. And then of course he brought back G.I. Bro for literally like a month during the Russo booking of WCW, which you could only imagine how
0: that went. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, they, (laughs) bro, uh, (laughs) that's
1: about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: about it. Um, you know, Texas, uh, uh, Western Wrestling Alliance had closed down. They went to Texas All Pro Wrestling. Then they end up in the Dallas based Global Wrestling Federation as the Ebony Experience. Uh, this, yeah, and this was such a cool, I think, um, you know just a precursor to what would eventually be Harlem Heat.
1: Yes. Absolutely. I though was I I was wondering though uh if, if you were going to use that word to describe though their kind of experience down there because that was not so cool. No, I mean very uncomfortable. I I will say, like, like I, I don't think I've been that uncomfortable with one of these documentaries like I have
0: uh this moment. Yeah, I mean I'm really glad that they talked about the racism that they experienced from yeah. the fans there. I'm not glad that it happened, obviously, but you know, here's the thing. I have seen stuff like this in 2020. I've seen stuff like this in 2021 at independent independent shows. You know, uh, um, I don't want to go too too much into it, but I mean, even here, I mean, even in Georgia, in modern day, in my time as a booker, I've had to, uh, we have had to remove fans for shouting out racial slurs, uh, yeah. you know, and things like that. And so, while I thought that what was going on here was awful, I wasn't shocked about it. What I'm shocked about is that it's still going on today in a lesser capacity, yeah. Um I thought it was great that they still managed to win these fans over either way. You know, yeah. that that's a testament to Booker T. Um, he shouldn't have had to do that. But the fact that he was able to is fantastic. And this is also where we got the birth of Spinner Rooney.
1: Yeah. Um and 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 that was great that they talked about that. But it's not just a testament to Booker T. You also have to give the credit to Stevie Ray as well. Like, I, do. I don't think that he gets enough credit. Like, all the credit goes to Booker because we know how great he is and we know what eventually he would become. But I mean, Harlem Heat wouldn't be Harlem Heat without Stevie Ray as well.
0: Agreed. A hundred percent. I absolutely agree with you. And I was a big fan of them as a kid. Uh, this is something that you actually said it while we were in the car watching this thing. You know, uh, around the time he starts talking about the Spinner Rooney, he talks about like the the dance culture and how, you know, he had, you know, he was watching a lot of different dancers on television and things like that. And you know, he wanted to um, uh, you know, he was getting into like breakdancing and stuff and he incorporated that into his character. And there was a a, a segment here about that, that I don't think WWE would have included if this had been just their documentary. Yes.
1: Yes. They actually like included um, some of the music and music videos that he was listening to at the time. Like, you know, he was listening to MC hammer uh, and stuff like that. Um, I forget exactly who else was in it, but I mean, that was really cool to see that. It's kind of like when Austin talked about the um, Richard DeKalinski story. We've never actually seen any of those photos or videos on a WWE thing. But since it's a and know, we were able to see a lot more of that. And they were able to be a lot more detailed with stuff like that.
0: Right, absolutely. Well, let's not spend any more time, you know, uh, beating around the bush. Let's get to the elephant in the room. 93, they get signed to WCW, and they make their debut as what would change the world of tag team wrestling, Harlem Heat.
1: Yeah, but I'm going to assume the elephant in the room is their actual debut. (laughs) Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. I, don't even know what to, I it's like I when I heard this cuz I didn't know that this happened. It, it, even me as much wrestling as I have watched, I haven't watched all of 93 and uh and stuff like that, which eventually when they get everything back up on the network, I'm going to watch it all. Like I'm going to go on like um a 100-day binge or something like that. But um I didn't realize that their debut was them with Colonel Robert Parker, (laughs) um, who doesn't look like, you know, one of your typical Southern plantation owners. And they come out with chains around them. Yeah. Um, So apparently the idea for that was it's supposed to be that he bailed them out of jail kind of thing, and they were trying to symbolize that. But in doing so, people took it the other way. Right. How could you not?
0: Yeah, it it looked awful. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, man, this didn't age well. It probably hadn't aged well in nineteen ninety-three either. Very tasteless. I, yes. I'm, I'm glad it didn't define them though. I'm very glad that you know I love the story about the Brooks and Dunn shirts. You know, yeah. that they went out and modified those and that became the Harlem Heat outfit. Um yeah,
1: yeah, that that was interesting. You want to know what's interesting though? I don't know if they covered this exactly in the documentary. I I don't think that they did which is what I'm kind of surprised at. But when they first come in as the Harlem Heat, I, I believe that they still are the Harlem Heat, but they're not Booker T and Stevie Ray. In fact, yeah. Stevie Ray's original name was Kane. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm hearing Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura on uh, WCW Saturday night, and he keeps saying Kane. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I forget what Booker T's was, but like that was the one that really stuck out to me. Was was Stevie Ray was originally named Kane.
0: <laughs> it's definitely interesting as to how that could have gone. Um, you know, but Harlem Heat was so impactful, and they they talk a lot about this. They went on to become ten time WCW Tag Team Champions. They were a huge deal for a long time. You know, through that run, yes. um, you know, and. Later on, you know, we get into the Monday Night War. Booker's getting his singles run, you know. And what I thought was really interesting about this is they talked to him. And Booker has such a unique perspective on the Monday Night Wars. Because if you listen to anybody, Flair, Sean, Austin, uh, Triple H, Kevin Nash, Hogan, everybody, they're all, you know, completely they're just as engrossed with the war as everyone else. They knew they were fighting a battle. Yeah. You know, they knew they were fighting the other company. Booker's like, I never thought about it. I didn't focus on it at all. He just went out there and wanted to perform. He wanted to get to the next level. And, and let's not forget, it was incredibly difficult to break through the glass ceiling in WCW. I mean, they're known for it. If they didn't sign you on as a star already, you're talking about trying to come in at the ground level and work your way up to the main event in WCW. It wasn't done. Goldberg, Diamond Dallas Page, Booker T. That's the list.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I And, and obviously I see that. But I remember when Booker T was really starting to explode, and it was a night actually in Augusta, when I saw them, and I believe it was a WCW Saturday night taping, but uh they used to come to Augusta a lot and they performed at the Civic Center downtown, and it was him versus Chris Benoit, and both of them were baby faces, and but I think a lot of people wanted Chris Benoit at the time to win because Booker had just won the TV title from him or something, or Not from him, but he won the TV title, but people wanted Benoit now to win. So in Augusta, Benoit slaps on the the crossface and Booker taps out. Man, that was one of the loudest reactions I've ever heard. Like, I still get goosebumps thinking about that match. And that was just a regular Saturday night match. And then, like, I didn't realize, like, how good his singles run in WCW was.
0: Well, him and Benoit had the best of seven series twice. Yeah, they had it in WCW and they did it again in WWE. Yeah. I mean, obviously they didn't talk about this in the documentary for obvious reasons.
1: Yeah. Obviously. But they
0: but they had it twice for the same title. It was for the US Championship.
1: Yeah. And then um, they talked about, you know, the bash at the beach, you know, night that he won the world title. And that's such an interesting story to me because if they hadn't have tried to screw Hogan over and Vince Russo do that stupid ass blurring the line, like blurring the lines so much with wrestling that it's like, you don't even know what's real and what's, you know, like everything in WCW was a shoot basically yeah, um, <laughs> in 2000 and Jarrett lays down and stuff like that. Like if none of that had happened, you kind of wonder where Booker's career would have ended up. Cause after that, like when he won the title, people saw them or people saw him as a main eventer.
0: Yeah. I mean that whole thing, you know, with uh, the match with Jarrett was actually quite good. Um, It was probably one of the better things that ever happened under Russo WCW um, other than Vince buying it. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, that was. Well,
1: I like the fact that Vince bought it, but.
0: Well, I I I I liked it. It was very good for Booker's career.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Know,
0: yeah, yeah. I, in I, the yeah. terms of Booker T, as a matter of fact, uh, it was. I mean, if I've so if I've got to choose, right, Vince McMahon buys WCW, or it continues to be run by Vince Russo. I'm picking Vince buys it every time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I can see that obviously, Um, but that, and and that's a different story, but yeah. Booker then goes to WWE and you know, they touched, they touched on this in the documentary. Think about this. Your first night in the company, they want you to do a spot with arguably their guy, their biggest star ever
0: of all time.
1: Yeah. Of all time. And you injure him.
0: Right. And they talk or, about this a lot. I mean, if if Austin... You know, they mentioned this in the episode. If Stone Cold had been a different guy, if Stone Cold had been a Brandy Orton...
1: Or Shawn Michaels.
0: Then this goes very differently. Because Austin had more clout than either one of them. He literally could have gone to events and said, this guy's dangerous, I don't want to work with him. And But Austin looked at the footage he saw everything and he realized hey this was nobody's fault it just happened and they went on to have such an amazing angle i mean to me the supermarket brawl it's one of the greatest things ever it is the best backstage you know off out of the ring segment in the history of ever this yeah. was the first cinematic match that's yeah, what it, this was. Um and it's still the best one by far.
1: It was um it was it was tremendous and it's a testament that, you know to what Booker knew that he had to do but it's also goes to show you how fucking entertaining stone
0: cold is. I mean, I could watch that segment every day. Yes. It's, <laughs> it it holds up to this very day as being one of the most amazing things to ever happen in the history of wrestling. And I'm so glad that we got it. Um, they did over $10,000 worth of damage to the store. Look, if you haven't seen that recently, or if or if for some godforsaken reason you've never seen it, go go watch the supermarket fight between Austin and Booker T.
1: It's tremendous. It was amazing.
0: And it, Rick Flair's reactions to the whole thing are fucking incredible, too.
1: Yes, yes, while him and Vince are, are watching it uh, and stuff like that. And, of course, the most priceless line at, at the end of the thing. Price check on jackass. Like, just... Loved oh, it. God, it was so entertaining. And, you know, Booker talked about this in the documentary. He was not known as a guy who could be funny or entertaining in WCW, he was just right. known as a kickass wrestler. He was very serious, especially as the Harlem heat, um, you know, and his singles run and stuff like that. But he never really showed that entertaining side to him and WWE. He really did a good job of bringing that out, man. Um, I can remember one that they didn't really talk about, but was him in gold dust, not gold. Like like I mean in the,
0: pun intended, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, pun intended, obviously. But him and gold does. I remember when uh The Rock did the Scorpion King and they and they were somewhat in a feud, but Booker was a face uh by this point, and the Scorpion King comes out, and then like Booker T wants to up the rock, so he goes to audition for a movie and he, and he does the audition but instead of just reading the lines off of the script he's also reading the um the instructions for like yeah. this like, like the like stage
0: he, notes and everything yeah
1: he's just like the camera
0: will will turn this way
1: <laughs> this guy will do
0: this. <laughs> I, I mean he was a creative genius and such yeah, like, a funny guy i mean just uh hilarious and i'm glad i was so glad that they looked at this uh you know they talked about the the spinner rooney the vince rooney the taker rooney i mean uh, other than undertaker i think he got just about everybody on the roster to attempt the spinner at some point in time
1: he did but uh the undertaker wasn't gonna happen
0: no no but that segment was amazing um Uh, I'm glad that they had Sharmel there. I'm glad that they had kind of an extended piece about her that, you know, she performed with James Brown, which I didn't know about. That that was cool. I did
1: not know that either.
0: I knew that she had been a Nitro girl, and that's how they met and got together. Um, But I love that they covered that period of time where they brought her in. Uh, King Booker was one of the greatest gimmicks. I mean, talk about somebody that's constantly reinventing themselves. You know, people give Jericho that credit a lot. Booker T did it. I mean, you know, GI Bro, Harlem Heat. You know, Booker T, uh, King Booker. I mean, just all of these different iterations of himself. Um, you know, and and I, Charmel was such a big part of that. You know, and yeah. so he's tagging with his real life brother, and then later on he's being managed by his real life wife. Very cool. You know, all around.
1: Yeah. And probably when Booker T won. He actually made the King of the Ring mean something for at least another time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like the last time it meant anything.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I truly believe so. Because when he won, they actually like he actually ran with it, and yeah. while it was, it was entertaining and it was comedy. He still was your classic heel where it was like, you wanted to, you didn't care who it was. You didn't care if it was Bobby Lashley. You didn't even care if it was Cena. You were rooting for Cena to come kill him. That's yeah. an art.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean,
1: and, and, and uh, speaking of, of that, this documentary would have been just perfect for me. Had that one little rodent not been in this damn thing.
0: And which one would that be? Just to clarify it all for the audience. Uh,
1: That would be one Sam Roberts. (laughs)
0: What what the hell was he doing there? I mean, I I guess this is like another incident of like, you know, hey, uh, you know, this is yet another person that could have been replaced by Jim Cornette.
1: Yeah, or just replaced with someone good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just think Sam Roberts is the biggest fucking tool in this business. Like, I just, I, uh, I I, I can't stand him. Especially when he made that stupid line about Bianca Belair um, at NXT, which, you know, I guess, I guess in hindsight was good because then it fueled her to go and headline WrestleMania, basically. So, Whatever, but I don't know, like, I I just, the minute I saw him, I even looked at you and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why? (laughs) Just, yeah. I don't even mind seeing Bruce Prichard and everything, because I know he's going to be in there and I still like Bruce Prichard. Like, I feel as though the wrestling world has a love-hate relationship with Bruce Prichard. You know, they know he's full of shit and stuff like that. They know he's a WWE kiss ass and whatnot, but they still love him.
0: The thing about Pritchard is it's like Bruce Pritchard knows all the stories that you want to know about WWF slash WWE. He was involved in some way, some shape, some form. The problem is the stories that you really want to know about, the really controversial shit, he'll lie and claim he didn't know anything about it. The stuff that you really don't want to hear about or don't really care about his opinion on, He'll talk to you about them all day. That's why nobody fucking likes Bruce Pritchard.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> a lot of the ideas Conrad tries to call him out on shit and he will sit there and defend that. I'm like, it's clear. It wasn't a good idea. Nobody liked it.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many things they'll try to defend and it's just like, dude, if it didn't get over, then it was, it was bad booking. It was terrible booking. If, if no one liked it. Uh, but they don't think about that. and I mean, they, they haven't thought about that way in WWE in years. I mean, decades at this point. Well, um, I would
1: rather see him than Sam Roberts. I'm just saying. Agreed.
0: Agreed. Um, <laughs> so, so 2012, Booker T moves on. He retires from wrestling. Um, he's inducted into the Hall of Fame for his solo work. In 2019, he was inducted again with Stevie Ray as Harlem Heat, which I thought was amazing. You think about who all in this business has two Hall of Fame rings. Right? I I'm pretty sure it's limited to members of the NWO. Although I don't know that Nash is in there by himself.
1: Um I I don't think Big Daddy Cool is in there yet.
0: Uh yeah, I feel like Nash isn't in there by himself. But X Pac has one, not not no solo ring, but he has one for DX, one for uh NWO. Yes. Shawn Michaels has two. Triple H will have two eventually. Yeah. Ric Flair has two. Hogan.
1: Randy Orton will have two.
0: Yes. Um. So yeah, it it there's very few people that have two. Yeah. And even fewer that are inducted as a tag team and a solo guy. Everybody else that has two, it's usually because of a faction. I don't actually know of anyone else that's in there as a tag team and a solo guy.
1: Um, Not to my knowledge. I I, I mean, I can't think of anybody. Um, but you have to acknowledge the Harlem Heat. Yeah. Because, I, I mean... You look at tag team wrestling and, and they just, you know, they embodied what tag team wrestling was.
0: Right. And um, I love that Booker, you know, he retires and he immediately, you know, he starts wrestling school and it's a damn good one. Um, a lot of, so reality of wrestling is the promotion. Um, it's a really top notch indie promotion from a production and booking standpoint, a lot of talent has come out of there. I've no, I've worked with a lot of talent that has come out of that school. When yes. somebody, when somebody has come out of that school, it's one of those places where it's respected, right? You know, Booker T isn't, you know, Booker T is not charging you, teaching you how to bump, and then sending you on your way and putting his stamp of approval on you. It's just not happening.
1: Yeah, You're like, and 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 that was uh, gonna be my thing. The way that this is structured, I mean, look at it; it's brilliant from a standpoint because, first of all, it's run by both him and Stevie Ray. It's Booker T and Stevie Ray and and Charmell. Yeah, well. and Charmell, and you know, you meet imme- like you know, when you're looking at places to train for wrestling, you know, the first thing that you should look at is who is training. And what credentials do they have to train? Because I've seen wrestling schools where they charge all this money and it's just like, dude, you have not really done anything in this business ever. Right. Like like, like you can't tell someone because it's not just about training someone to bump and wrestle right. and stuff like that. It's, it's you got to train people on how not just to bump, but to sell and everything like that. But also you got to teach them how to be marketable, how to do television. And if you look at Booker T's school, it checks all of those boxes. I mean, he literally has television. So we're not talking about you just go on, you know, an independent show and you're not, and you know, that counts as footage or something like that. We're talking like, you can actually train at this school and then you will get booked to be on television. Like, cause that, cause his, um, Uh, School has local channel there in uh, in Houston. And yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of people come out of that school and stuff like that because it's top notch because immediately when you look at that and you see who's training, it's like Booker T. Oh, what did he do? Oh, he only did WrestleMania, WCW, WWE, TNA. He knows how to be marketable. He knows how to do character work. He knows how to do TV. He literally knows how to do everything. Same thing with Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray knows everything. He's been a commentator. He's been a wrestler. You know, he knows how to do tag team. You could literally get everything you want out of that school.
0: Yeah, and I mean, before the Performance Center, there was very little of that. I mean, you could go to OVW, but I mean, even then... You know, you could learn under the tutelage of, of the, the great and mighty Jim Cornette. But, you know, there is there is that. Um, but outside of, like, WWE's direct influence, there's not a lot of it. I mean, there's... Wrestling schools are notoriously known for being scams. I mean, you, you have your wide range of wrestling schools. And theirs is at the tip top of that, uh, as far as quality goes. You know, it's oh. not like the Hart Brothers wrestling camp where... You know they put you know this this is uh, I think Jericho talked about this or maybe Edge in his book, but it's been it's been panned by a lot of people who tried to go there. You know the Hart Brothers Wrestling Camp was notorious for you know they put Bret Hart on the poster and it's Bret and Owen on the poster and you know uh, they talk about Dynamite Kid training there and you know Davey Boy Smith and you know Brian Pillman and all this other stuff and then like you get there and it's like Bruce Hart and Ross Hart. And, like, they show up, like, one day out of every three weeks. And, like, one time during the, like, like six months, like, Bret Hart would, like, come there but not teach or whatever. I mean, like, you know, and you could tell that he they kind of, like, conned him into it or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of wrestling schools out there that are just a complete scam. But his is the real deal. It has a promotion attached to it. It's about yeah. the school and a really top-notch indie promotion. I love it. Um, you know, you can yeah. watch their stuff on YouTube. I've watched some of it. It's very good, and yeah. I'm a snob when it comes to wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 I can vouch for that,
0: <laughs> especially but, indie wrestling.
1: Yeah, but I, like I said, and you know, when you watch it, you know these are students of the school. But again, it's the perfect format, like it's he can legit make money doing this, and you are legit getting wrestling training, but you're not just getting how to bump, like I said, you're getting how to be
0: marketable,
1: how to do character work, how to do television I mean you're literally getting everything
0: yeah i uh I also really a lot of people don't really love Booker's commentary but I loved his commentary and I loved his time as an analyst on like the pre-show panels and stuff like that as well. I always thought he did a great job. He had so many good one-liners on commentary.
1: I I, I liked some of it. I I did, but I, I loved it when he did commentary for the one time in TNA, when the main event mafia took over impact and they legit had Booker T on commentary. And he was, um uh, I oh I forget what he was called. I think he was um like snow something. I don't know what <laughs> like but it he was would something ridiculous. Yeah, he would get in the ring and like he would and he would have on the headset and he would be like he would be like oh look at that oh booker T stopping him. Oh Booker T <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, I, I loved that, all of that.
1: Yes, but I think my favorite time ever, I showed you the clip right before we watched the movie too it was the one where Brock Lesnar went on a rampage during Raw and when Lesnar flips over the table I don't know what it was about Booker T but he has the funniest reaction he's trying to be serious kind of but like it is one of the funniest reaction like when Lesnar flips over the table He's just like Lesnar is not someone to mess with, and then he flips over the
0: table, and he's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "I loved, I loved that. I was dying watching it in the car because, like, I forgot just how funny the sound he makes is." Um, and I'll tell you, you know, you mentioned uh, Impact. That's probably the only thing I would want more out of this documentary. If I were to have any complaint about it. I think that it's that and it's it can't be helped in this instance unfortunately well it's I, that it doesn't have the impact stuff because WWE yeah. legally can't use it
1: yeah um, they can't because they, they, they don't have you know because um, they haven't ride. bought
0: TNA yet yeah well
1: <laughs> you know, it, it, they're able to use some of AJ's and um, footage and stuff like that
0: yeah I, they've specifically worked out certain deals uh with people and i think there was a deal for sting as well when he went in the yeah. hall of fame uh and what's that the hardys yep and then also Jarrett. yeah so you know there there has been a deal worked out i think eventually wwe buys their entire tape library i don't think they want the promotion um but that's neither here nor there we don't we don't have time to get into that um, <laughs> Anyway, th- this. I love this, uh, you know, this was yet another episode of uh, A&E's uh, biography series, WWE Legends, Booker T, such a good, I mean, just, a, just an incredible watch. And it's nice to have that contrast to like Dark Side of the Ring where, I don't want to say Dark Side of the Ring is exploiting tragedy in the wrestling business, but they are shining a light on tragedy because they know it sells. Whereas this yeah. is like the whole picture, you know, it's, it is a bi- biography, you know?
1: Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, but I don't hate dark side of the ring for that. You know? No, I mean, abso- it, absolutely it's not. Good.
0: Hey, as, as my mentor, uh, my hero says controversy creates cash. My friend,
1: <laughs> I didn't know he was your hero.
0: I I am in the wrestling business because of Eric Bischoff. Okay. And I, I got to tell him this. Uh, two years ago, and it was one of the, like one of those things that I'll just never forget. Actually, getting to sit down and have a conversation with him—I uh, don't really want to go. I don't. I don't want to spend twenty minutes on on this episode, but getting to sit down and have a conversation with him and say, "Look, without Eric Bischoff, I'm not in the wrestling business at all. The things I've done, I don't. I don't do." Um, that it, it had to feel good for him. I think he probably doesn't get that. Very often, you know, everybody wants to be Shawn Michaels or John Cena or Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin or The Rock or whatever, but, you know, not me. Yeah, no,
1: I I agree with you. I mean, I'm in this, I'm in this business because of TNA. Right. Quite honestly, like, like the, the 2004 to 2009 run to me is one of the best times ever.
0: Yeah, agreed. I agree. Well man, let's um on that note man, I think we should wrap this one up. Uh, this has been such an incredible uh, just experience from from the, you know, just from going to it, getting to finally sit down and do the review. Uh, it's been what almost 3 weeks since we watched it. Yeah. And and I mean it's so it still feels like it's so fresh in my mind like I can I can picture all the different parts of the documentary right now I, I had all these notes here but I really barely even had to look at them
1: Yeah no I, I agree because um, it wasn't just sitting down and watching another documentary we, like we actually had an experience with it and stuff like that and it was a really cool experience I've always been impressed by how much WWE pulls out all the stops for that stuff. And it makes, like I said, it's one of the reasons why they are the biggest wrestling promotion in the world. Let's just be honest; it this is the reason why.
0: Yeah, it's got a lot to do with it for sure. Yeah. Um, well, on that note, man, thanks for joining me for this. Thanks for uh, joining me at the premiere. Uh, such a cool, you know, kind of experience. Yeah, uh, man. We're gonna we're gonna cover all of these uh, if you're tuning in um make sure you check out the other ones we've done uh austin we've done piper i'm not sure which one is about to come out but that's probably going to air before you see this so um you know it just it's been an incredible experience uh and uh, a little bit more than that you know as always it's been an involved review